Welcome back to the program. Those of us in California at least know all too well what it's like to be living in the midst of a drought. Governor Jerry Brown recently put in place restrictions demanding that urban water use be cut by 25%. Already, the pushback is coming. In a state where agriculture uses 50% of the state's water and only contributes 3% to the state's economy, urban water users are becoming angry. There is much talk about pipelines, about desalinization, and new technology to bring water to the parched desert that is much of California. All of this echoes a battle of an earlier time, a time at the turn of the last century when a man named William Mulholland would devise a plan to make the desert that was Los Angeles bloom and allow it to become the world-class, cutting-edge metropolis that it is today. Perhaps in these dry times, it's instructive to look back at that previous period and see what went on and what we might learn. Les Standiford does exactly that in his new book, Water to the Angels. Les Standiford is the best-selling author of 20 books and novels, including the John Deal Mystery Series, as well as Last Train to Paradise. He's director of the Creative Writing Program at Florida International University, and it is my pleasure to welcome Les Standiford back to this program to talk about Water to the Angels, William Mulholland, his monumental aqueduct, and the rise of Los Angeles, Les, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, thank you, Jeff. It's good to be back. Great to have you here. I want to talk first about the founding idea that Mulholland had, that he could bring this water that was out in the Owens Valley and bring it into Los Angeles. Talk a little bit about how that concept evolved for, for Mulholland. Well, uh, uh, first thing I should say is he only did this as a last resort. He was pretty much backed up against the wall by the, a drought that began in Southern California in the mid-1890s and had lingered on for a decade and he was the original conservationist this is the guy who installed water meters um, in the los angeles water system over great howls of protest i might add because all of a sudden everybody had to pay for every gallon of water that they used and that alone reduced use uh, cut consumption in a in half on a customer's tap uh, mulholland did found so but everything that he uh, had tried, all the kinds of restrictions that have just been announced, were effective in cutting water usage by a third. I think Jerry Brown hopes for a quarter. But Mulholland said, the problem is people just won't stop coming here. It doesn't matter what your gallons per day usage uh, is per person if there are too many people. And, of course, no one paid attention to that because talking about capping of growth was anathema. And so uh, Mulholland went to Fred Eaton, former mayor of Los Angeles, who had for years and years been boosting a plan to tap the Owens Valley River. His dad was from Pasadena. The, the Eaton family lived in Pasadena. And his father used to run cattle up to the Owens Valley in the summer when things got parched during a dry year. And they knew the Owens River well, and Eaton kept saying, you know, there's a blockade south end of that valley that was caused by an earthquake eons ago. The river used to flow all the way down to China Lake, which, you know, how did China Lake have a name to begin with? And uh, uh, Eaton got the notion when things really got bad there in the 90s that instead of irrigating the land around China Lake, which he had originally started, he went to Mulholland and said, Bill, listen to me. This is an untapped cornucopia of water, 
and Mulholland, who would put them on, as everyone else had for years, the federal engineers said it would be like city of Washington, D.C., going to the Ohio River for its uh, drinking water, uh, said, let's go take a look at this river you keep talking about. And it is said that you could follow the path that they took, riding a buckboard up from L.A. to, to Bishop, by the glint of the whiskey bottles they tossed off on their way. But uh, at any rate, they got there 233 miles away from Los Angeles. Mulholland took a look at that river, and he said, By God, Fred, I think you're right. And furthermore, I think it can be done. What did Mulholland think that he could figure out as a way to do this that really was beyond the, the accepted technology of the day in terms of getting this pipeline and the dams and, and the aqueducts and everything that went along with it? Well, it had to be... Uh, gravity-fed all the way, because the cost of pumping along the way, well, first of all, there was no uh, infrastructure, there was no source of electricity to even provide pumping stations along the way, and even if they were built and power brought to them, uh, it would have made the cost of the water impractical, much like the impediment that desalinization faces today. Mm -hmm. The technology is there. It's just that right now it's too expensive to produce water that way. And uh, Mulholland, uh, on that way up, would take occasional readings. He had a he. There were no altimeters at the time. He had an aneroid barometer, and he would figure the height along the way and take a look at the mountains that had to be bored through and the canyons that had to be crossed. And he said, you know, I think we can do this. I think technologically it's it's possible to run this water 233 miles by gravity all the way. And then his job was to sell that concept to a disbelieving public who would have to approve the bond issues and to commissioners, many of whom didn't think it was possible. The other part Nothing of why could it ever been done? Right. I mean, the other part of that one, he had to sell the idea and 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 therefore get the money to do it. And then, of course, there was the idea of taking this water out of the the Owens Valley. Well, over the protests, of course, of of Owens Valley residents, and that's what's led to the project being debated to this very day, and led to the the creation of such uh, wonderful classic films, if inaccurate, <laughs> historically films, is Chinatown. The, uh, the fact is that while people were happy to sell their land to the city of Los Angeles at first, they didn't realize that's who they were selling to. They thought they were selling to the Bureau of Reclamation that was going to build an irrigation project with the water in the Owens Valley. And when they found out that it was Fred Eaton, by the way, who was the principal purchasing agent. He was really working for Los Angeles and not the uh, Bureau of Reclamation. Why people uh, blew up? Primarily, not because they wouldn't have sold, but because they knew they would have been able to sell for much more. Well, from L.A. standpoint, had it gotten out, who, uh, who was trying to buy that water and why? Again, the project would have been infeasible. The uh, cost of the land would have made the water again too expensive. So in the end, both parties went to Washington, presented their case to Theodore Roosevelt, and it was President Roosevelt who made the call. He, his, he heard both people out one day and then called them in the next and said, uh, I've debated the matter, and it is a hundredfold, nay, a thousandfold more important that this water go to Los Angeles than 
remain in the Owens Valley, and that cast the die. Talk a little bit about once this was approved, once the money was there, what Mulholland set out to try and accomplish, how he had to build this thing. Well, one of the problems, uh, there was a vast amount of tunneling that had to be done. The rock was, uh, at some places, impenetrable granite, at other places, very uh, uh, unstable uh, rock that was subject to cave-ins, of which there were many, a number of deaths that took place over the course of this. It all had to be done in terra incognita, where there were no roads, no power, no phones, no water, no nothing. And uh, to get 3,000, 4,000 men up to a place like that and working and fed and housed and and to keep them from walking off a pretty tough job was a big problem. One of the most interesting things he did was build this series of huge, what were called inverted siphons, because they looked like siphons, the U of a siphon, uh, turned upside down. That was the way that Mulholland devised to get the water, the uh, the water across these vast canyons, because it would have been again too expensive and in some cases structurally impossible to support a big pipe or conduit across some of these uh, canyons, which were deep and and very wide. And he would uh, channel the water into a section of a hundred inch pipe, let's say that would step down in size and diameter as it rushed down the side of one canyon, then hurtle across the floor of a canyon, pushed by so much pressure that it would be able to climb a 1,000 feet up the opposite canyon wall and where the water, where the pipe got bigger at the top and the water would burst out again into another pipe line conduit or whatever it was and you can still the interesting thing that was one of the fun things about writing this book you can still go see these pipes the original uh, you can drive the original uh, line of the aqueduct all the way across the antelope valley and up uh, through the uh, dead man canyon into the owens valley and you can see places like jawbone canyon where job this massive jawbone uh, siphon still rests and it's incredible to see this thing crossing that elemental landscape a real juxtaposition of the of the modern and the and the timeless uh, really quite amazing talk a little bit about the naysayers the people not only that that didn't want this to happen but those that didn't think Mulholland could pull it off well, Mulholland was a very popular man in Los Angeles. He was honest to a fault. He had brought everyone's water bill, cut everybody's water bill about in half, so that made him popular. Made turn, and despite that, turned the Department of Water uh, into a money maker instead of a money drain. Originally, you know, the water company was a private company and in business to make money, not really to make people happy. And it was a great sense of sadness to Mulholland that most of the profits of that private water company, which he had become superintendent uh, worked himself up from the position of ditch digger, I I want you to know, never went to college, Uh, that the the owners of the private water company were making money rather than making a good system. And so when he became, when the city bought out the private company from uh, the, uh, the owners, 
Mulholland was brought along as superintendent and was thrilled to death that a significant part of the earnings could be plowed back into making the system better. He was a very popular guy. And when he went out and told people, I can do this, people tended to believe him. He had done what many thought was impossible already and in making turning this concern into a, uh, uh, a thriving business. And, uh, and uh, allowing it to serve far more people than anyone ever thought it could to that point. So the but people were worried that the water would evaporate uh, between uh, somehow in in the open portions of the conduit between L.A. and and the Owens Valley. They were afraid that the cement he was using in the cement pipes was unstable. It was uh, a volcan. He mixed in a volcanic ash. Uh, uh, same thing that the Romans used, but people, I guess, were still suspicious that uh, that it would collapse. Uh, they uh, and and particularly, uh, you know, the biggest charge, the most serious charge politically leveled against the project was that all of this had been cooked up by businessmen who had invested in land in the San Fernando Valley where the water would have to come through. That was the closest point. That's through the San Gabriel's into the San Fernando Valley, and from thence through uh, and through Franklin Canyon, and and tap, hooking onto the city water mains. Well, that's that myth that was perpetuated or popularized, I think, most forcefully by Chinatown, is just that. There, people did get rich. Uh, uh, developers did buy land in the San Fernando Valley, but Mulholland had to do uh, had nothing to do with any of that. His line was, "Well, show me a place where I can bring the water into Los Angeles where somebody doesn't own the land." Talk a little bit about the series of dams that were part of this, including the the St. Francis Dam, which is really where you begin the story. That was the end of. Uh, Mulholland's career tour later on after the aqueduct was built, thriving, uh, uh, working well, and uh, still barely able to keep up with the incessant population growth. He was already at work on the Colorado River project to bring water from the Colorado River from Boulder Dam. He devised a series of storage impoundment reservoirs in the hills around Southern California. One of them still to this day, the Mulholland Dam in the Hollywood Hills, right above Hollywood. And I uh, don't mean to frighten anyone, but uh, a beautiful dam and recreation area, by the way. But one of them was in San Francisco Canyon, out in the Santa Clarita Valley just over the uh, the dividing line uh, from the western edge of the San Fernando Valley and it was this was a dam that was to store water brought from the California aqueduct in case of future shortage well uh, it had been built in 1926 in 1928 it finally was full to the brim the dam keeper noticed some signs of leakage. Mulholland came up and said, no, these leaks are to be uh, expected. This this dam is built solidly like the Mulholland, much like the Mulholland Dam and Weed Canyon uh, in the Hollywood Hills. Everything's okay, he told the dam keeper. And later that night, while we think the dam keeper was out there with a, uh, a flashlight checking again, Suddenly, the dam gave way. A wall of water 150 feet high blew down this canyon. It went all the flood, tore all the way to the coast, about 60 miles away, and killed 600 people. And the amount of property damage made it the second worst 
disaster in California history, only uh, after only the San Francisco earthquake and flood of, of 1906. It was a terrible blow to Mulholland, obviously, because he had built it and designed it almost single-handedly, and uh, there was a coroner's inquest called to fasten blame, and at one point he interrupted the one of his inquisitors and said, look, if you're trying to find, fasten human, uh, looking for the source of human error here, then I'm the human. That's just fasten the blame on me. It's a rather remarkable thing for any then or now for a public servant to offer to take blame for a catastrophe like that, but he did it. That's the kind of guy he was. Ultimately, the uh, coroner's inquest found that, there, that no blame could be levied on any individual or entity, and the cause of the collapse is still debated to this day, but uh, it was the end of Mulholland's career. He was still superintendent at the time, age 70, almost 73, uh, retired and uh, spent the next seven years of his life uh, an unhappy man. I don't know that he necessarily ever felt responsible for the failure of the dam, but he certainly felt bereft without his work. That's uh, He was the man who lived for his work, and all of a sudden he didn't have that anymore. What do we know now about what the probable cause of the dam collapse was? Well, there's still competing, uh, conflicting theories. I think there's a book coming out later this this year by a couple of fellows who have written extensively about uh, about dam construction of a hundred years ago. The most uh, the most compelling. Uh, explanation is that the ground beneath, well beneath, the foundation of the dam was unstable and that the that a shift uh, uh, it wasn't perhaps an, some, some think a slip some say no, not an earthquake, it was just that the that the, so, the rock above the fault was unstable and incapable of withstanding the great shear force that that a wall of water places upon the base of a dam. Some think that the dam's height was raised by 10 feet and increasing the, the weight of the water then that was impounded behind it without a corresponding uh, increase in the width uh, of, of the base. Some think Mulholland should have uh, known it better. Some say that the science of the time precluded his ability to know better. He simply said, I did it, and this is what happened, and so it was my fault. That was his own pronouncement on the matter. It's interesting when you talk about the scope of that disaster, the St. Francis Dam collapse, that it is not something that is known about or talked about, even in Southern California, to the same degree as, as other disasters. I mean, you use the earthquake, the San Francisco earthquake as an example. It's something that really gets swept away oftentimes. Well, same with the with Mulholland's accomplishments. Uh, it's inconceivable uh, to me, really, that the things that Mulholland did, no one knows. Most people are puzzled, really, as to why we even have a Mulholland Drive. They know the name of that, that highway. But... Uh, I think part of the reason why Mulholland uh, 
and his accomplishments are are little known is has to do with the the fact that the water project itself was always controversial doesn't have very much to do with that dam collapse as, as you suggest it's one of those oddities uh, great as a disaster as it was that doesn't get uh, talked a lot about them well I'm not sure why that's uh, but certainly it is one of the reasons why I wanted to write my book because I thought these were things that people would find uh, fascinating, larger-than-life characters, uh, accomplishments, and catastrophes from not that long ago that most people just don't know the full story behind. And certainly the modern-day aqueduct system is, is nothing more, although it is certainly more technologically challenging, it is simply a modern version of what Mulholland ultimately designed. Well, and he uh, was the first, as I say. He not, he not only did the L.A. Aqueduct, he was responsible for the Colorado Project, right. although he was he had finally retired when they began to build that, but he was still the driving force behind it. And then the California Water Project, what, by that time, was just an extension of the thinking and, and of the concept. And, of course, there are people uh, who today say, oh, well, I know how we can fix our, our drought. We'll build an aqueduct to bring water down from the state of Washington. Talk about the public's attitude towards Mulholland, both before the disaster and after. As you say, he was, in many ways, really very well-respected, very well-liked. Well, he was an immensely popular, powerful uh, man, the most popular man in Los Angeles after the completion of the aqueduct. I think that in real life, he was the model for Robert Towns' uh, creation of uh, Noah Cross in Chinatown that was played so well by John Huston. Uh, just the only difference is that Mulholland was like, just like that, big and, and powerful, except he was a good guy. And that building the aqueduct, uh, bringing the water to the people, there it is, take it, uh, the classic line when the, when the floodgates are opened up there in Newhall, led to the, uh, just prior to an election in 1913, some uh, 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 politicians came and said, Bill, uh, we've got a we've got a pretty testy election coming up against the Progressive Party, and listen, you could win in a cakewalk. We want you to run for mayor. And Mulholland looked at this uh, uh, deputation of uh, politicians and said, Mayor, I'd rather give birth to a porcupine backward, because. He knew, uh, he despised politics, and uh, later said, spent a lifetime keeping the politicians out of his office, because he knew uh, that their aims uh, were quite different from his, which were uh, simply to get the water to the people at the least possible price and, and waste as little of it as possible. Following the, uh, the collapse of the St. Francis Dam, well, as, it, as I say, the coroner's inquest did not find him at fault, and uh, his uh, removal from the public eye was a result of his own doing. He just decided that it would be the best thing, that if he, got, uh, he needed to get out of the crosshairs at the head of the Department of Water and Power for him to stay on would uh, conceivably have created great controversy. And I... I think that uh, that began a long period of people forgetting about Bill Mulholland. 
he didn't he did not seek the public eye and after 1928 was not doing anything to capture the uh, attention of the public of course the there is a Mulholland middle school <laughs> there's a Mulholland pumping station uh, but there's not a there's uh, there's a Mulholland fountain out uh, right off Los Feliz Drive near uh, where the river cuts uh, between Glendale and Los Angeles. But uh, that's not much, given the fact that some people would point out that he's the father to uh, modern-day Los Angeles. Les Standiford, the book is Water to the Angels, William Mulholland, His Monumental Aqueduct and the Rise of Los Angeles. Les, I thank you so much for spending time with us. I appreciate the opportunity, Jeff, uh, anytime. Thank you. We'll take a break. I'll be right back.